the hell am I? It's one drink. I mean, I know it's been five years, but damn. I don't smell drunk. You guys, it was one drink. I, it's never gonna happen again. Uh, don't do this to me. Francis looked to his left, to his right, to his front, even to his behind. Cadillacs encircled him. Each one stopped at an atagonal red stop sign, revving its mighty engine. Wrinkled fingers gripped the faux wood tortoise shell steering wheels. White hair barely poked above the dash. Stuck as he was in the middle of the four-way stop, Francis had nowhere to go. Please, he screamed. Please, God, someone just move. How is it none of you retirees know how to do a four-way stop? Turn signals flashing left, then right, then left again, as if the person operating the machinery suffered from early-onset Alzheimer's was the only response that he got. Then it hit him. Sweet Jesus, Francis uttered, his voice breathy, scared. They all think that they have the right-of-way. They all think it's their turn to, engines roared. Go! Francis finished right before six tons of steel and pensioners struck him from every direction. Twenty minutes later, as the elderly drivers, largely unharmed, babbled in confusion on the shoulder, the cops managed to finally crack open Francis's obliterated driver's side door. Inside the vehicle was nothing but red goo and the most crimson of liquids, that being blood, as if the impacts of the four Cadillacs had shaken him so badly that he became the same consistency of the strawberry jam he loved so well. Uh, who the hell are you? I haven't seen you in group before. What group? Alcoholics Conspicuous. What? It's like Alcoholics Anonymous, only everyone knows who you are, and if you fall off the wagon, there's consequences. Like being thrown in an evil dungeon? Yeah, maybe. That doesn't sound real. You don't sound real. Silence, you fool! For you are in the presence of Lord Serpent, the greatest undiscovered horror writer in the world. Many are those who have been asked to read my stories, and many are those who have run away screaming upon reading even my opening paragraph sometimes. It's very frustrating. It's also why you find yourself in this impenetrable dungeon cell. I'm sick of no one reading my evil fiction, so here's the deal. You read one of my stories with all your heart and soul, then we talk about how good it was, and then I'll let you go. How does that wet your whistle? God, I need a drink. There may be refreshments after you read my evil story. Hand it over. Let me pull up my evil chair. Your story isn't pure fiction. Instead, the monster is the horrific medical industry that bleeds America dry. Tremble in fear, for the next time you go to the hospital, you might not come back the same. The Kidney in Me Anna was tied into machines, whirring and chirping, puncturing their way through the sterile silence of the hospital room. She was groggy. The anesthesia was kicking in now. 
it wouldn't be long until she floated down the tranquiline tunnel that separated surgery world from the normal world. The nephrologist entered the room. Your kidney has arrived, he said with a wan smile. Anna's eyes blurred as the medicine bled into her bloodstream. The doctor's gums and teeth blended together to make a solid pink stripe, like a long stick of gum. Anna looked at him perplexedly. We'll take you into surgery soon, the doctor promised. Anna nodded, both confused and horrified. This kidney is from a living patient, so the chances of rejection are much lower, the doctor promised. Anna nodded again. The doctor proffered a stapled stack of papers. We'll also need you to sign this document. Anna took it, but all the words scrambled like eggs on the page. The doctor noticed her confusion. It's just a document that says we can't be held liable for any personality changes. He presented Anna with a pen, and she scrawled her name on the line. It was difficult, like trying to hold a slimy piece of seaweed in a hot tub. Anna had been on dialysis for a few years now, awaiting a kidney that would fit her body. She was only in her 30s, but the disease that had plagued her throughout her life had finally taken its toll. And that disease's name was lupus. The last thing Anna saw before she drifted off was the doctor's smile, his white teeth gleaming like bony chiclets between his pink lips. Anna awoke back in the same room she started in. A nurse was taking her vitals. How long have I been out? Anna asked as the nurse tightened the compression cuff. The nurse shrugged. Who's to say? Anna shifted and pain jolted through her side like electricity from an unground kitchen appliance. The nurse noticed. You'll have a bit of pain for a few days, but after that, you should feel good as new. She leaned in and winked coyly, maybe even better than good as new. Anna considered this. New? She'd never felt new before. The nurse told Anna to get some rest as she took care of some things. Anna gingerly turned over as to not disturb her new favorite kidney. As she turned, she saw that the nurse had a bin. It was red, shiny plastic with a biohazard logo on it that said, Organ Disposal. The nurse piled it on her cart and took it from the room, along with her menagerie of medical devices. Anna's last thought before she drifted off to slumber once again was, I wonder where they put the bad kidneys. It was midnight. The hospital storage closet was as Stygian as an Egyptian tomb. Bins full of biohazard waste were inside, waiting for the right people to come and take them away for disposal. A couple of rejected kidneys, layers of skin and tissue, and a few eyeballs. One bin moved where it sat on a table. It wobbled only slightly until it was at the edge of the table. Then, with one final twitch, the bin tipped itself off the edge of the table, falling to the floor. The lid opened, and out fell a kidney. The deep scarlet of shunned renal tissue squirmed out onto the floor like animated gummy worms. Bean-shaped and bursting with black vessels, it rose to nearly five inches in terrible height, crimson and blinding, on the white linoleum. It looked derisively at the bin, its former prison, and the shipping label displayed on the plastic surface. To Carson City. But this kidney wouldn't be going to Carson City. Not anymore. After a moment of composing itself, the kidney began to move. It was slow, inching across the floor toward the door, leaving a trail of viscous Merlot sludge in its wake. It made itself small and slinked under the door like a rat that looked like a kidney out toward the blanched white light of the hospital. Five days after her surgery, Anna got out of the hospital, feeling new. 
She had an aggressive amount of energy, and every day the nurses came to take her for a walk around the halls. She wanted to run, jump, fight. She'd never felt like this before. What a gift this kidney was. Her brother Oscar picked her up. He tried to get her to sit in the wheelchair so he could bring her to his car in the parking garage. Anna insisted she was fine, but Oscar kept pestering. I said no, Anna said, slapping his hand away. The slap echoed through the room like a bullet ricocheting off concrete. Oscar was in shock, his mouth hanging open limply. Anna had never lost her temper like this before. I'm sorry, Oscar, she said. She didn't know where the sudden anger had come from. It was like it came from another person. Oscar offered her his arm. Anna shook her head and danced out of the room before him. She kept running through the previous moments in her head. She figured the outburst might be due to the pills she was taking, the ones that made sure her body wouldn't reject the new organ taking up residence there. She explained this much to Oscar, and he said he understood. He'd done a lot of research on organ transplants in the past, his favorite hobby. Anna hoped they could leave it at that. But there was something she didn't tell him. She looked down at her hand, the very same appendage that had slapped his baby-smooth hand so viciously before and clenched it into a fist. She smiled. It felt good to slap him. When they got to the parking garage, Anna went straight to the trunk to put her things inside. She couldn't help but feel like somebody was watching her. It was a creeping sensation, a quiver that crawled straight up from her belly button right to her upper right molar. It wasn't Oscar watching her. He was in the driver's seat already. And there was no one else in the garage she could see. But then she caught a glimpse of something mahogany around the corner, slithering toward the car. A kidney. Terror watched over her. Could it be? Her kidney? That debilitated fragment of her body, of her, that had bifurcated from her insides and had come back? For what? Revenge? As she gaped at the organ that was glissading toward her in a seemingly impossible way, Oscar stepped out of the car. You okay? He asked. Ready to go? Anna pulled her gaze away from the kidney and closed the trunk. She thought she must be going crazy. She went around the side of the car and got into the passenger seat. Oscar didn't see it, but Anna did. In the side mirror, the kidney crept closer and closer, following their car with a trail of claret. Anna thought she'd gotten away, but a week later she saw the kidney again. It was behind a streetlight. This time, she knew it was following her. Why else would a kidney have made this journey from the hospital to her neighborhood? Why else would it be hiding behind a streetlight on her walking route? Hey, she shouted at it. Hey, you! Are you a kidney? Are you following me? The kidney shrunk down behind the streetlight. Anna sprinted home and googled kidney transplant side effects. Hair growth, hair loss, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, swollen gums, receding gums, nothing about hallucinations. There was a knock at the door. Anna froze. Someone's at the door! Oscar yelled from the bathroom where he was showering. Always showering. He'd been staying with Anna since her surgery, and he seemed to always be doing something that picked at her like a rake through garden soil. This week, it was taking very long showers. Anna grabbed a butcher's knife from the block on the kitchen counter, just in case. She crept to the entryway, wielded the knife, and opened the door expecting to see the kidney, but it was just a box. Inside, she found something that aroused her heart quite a flutter. Her new punching bag. Ever since the kidney transplant, she wanted to hit stuff, to 
hurt things. She realized lashing out at her brother wasn't a one-off deal. She'd slapped him in the mouth the other day when he forgot to pick up her prescriptions. She'd nearly gotten into a fistfight with an elderly woman in the grocery store over a block of cheese last week. She found herself giddily wondering what her neighbor would look like on fire. She hung the punching bag in her garage and caressed its rugged surface. Then she grabbed a hunting knife and stabbed it into the punching bag. If that kidney came around here again, she'd be ready. It was 60 days post-operation, and Anna was healthier than ever. Oscar had left her house last week after she caught him eating the steamed broccoli she'd cooked for herself. She'd leveled a high kick straight to his sternum, and he'd flown across the room like a seagull caught in a gale and crashed against the kitchen bar. Oscar tried to get up, but she pushed him down again and stomped on his kneecap. She relished the crunch and crack and Oscar's scream as he slunk away from her, the terror in his eyes like a warm summer's bonfire. She stood there, breathing heavily, trying to temper her glee as he limped to the front door and left. She hadn't spoken to him since. Life was going great, but the kidney was still haunting her. It hadn't struck yet, so she figured she was safe. She was better now knew, and she wouldn't let the kidney ruin that for her. Anna was driving home from work one night when she witnessed a concerning event. A young woman was hastily fleeing from a parked car. The man was following her, yelling and screaming at her to get back in the car. Anna's car was parked and she was out of it before she even knew what had happened. She ran up behind the violent man and drove her knee into his vertebral rib. He keeled over, shouting in agony and wonder. She hit him again, this time driving her elbow into the nape of his supple neck. He was on his knees now. What the fuck, lady? He shouted at her. But he couldn't get up. Anna made sure of it. Every time he tried to rise, she hit him with another limb, in another cavity, pushing him down. Who are you? The man asked her. She didn't answer him, only leveled a knee into his nose. She watched as his hand shot up to catch the blood that was flowing, crimson and coagulated a waterfall of red. Anna knew she should leave, but as she stood there, watching the blood exude from his nasal orifices, all she wanted to do was kill him. But the woman was back now, a small, weak prey who didn't know what was good for her. She shouted at Anna through tears, leave him alone, she yelled just as Anna lifted her arm to level the fatal blow. Anna took a step back. Her frontal lobe wanted more blood, wanted to see this man lying stiff on the pavement, but she heard sirens off in the distance, and primal instinct forced her back into the car. As she pulled away, she saw the man lying there in her rearview mirror, and behind him, not far off, behind a stop sign pole, the kidney, watching her every move. The sun was falling, peach and rose, behind Anna's house when Oscar knocked on the door. What are you doing here? She asked him. Trust me, I don't want to be here, he said. He handed her a thick tome of printed pages. Something's happening to you, he said. This is my research. I've heard of things like this happening before with organ transplants. Things like what? Anna asked. Oscar gave her a look. The mood swings, the violence, Oscar asked. Anna knew what he meant as she soundlessly stared back. Although she felt a calling to this new personality, she knew it wasn't normal. Is my body rejecting this new kidney? Anna asked, 
fear creeping into her chest, opening inside her like an umbrella. No, Oscar said, his face grim. You're becoming it. Becoming it? Anna asked. What do you mean? Oscar gestured to the research. Anna opened it and began to read. It was a rare side effect, but sometimes donated organs, kidneys and eyeballs specifically, did something they weren't supposed to. They held genes from their former owners, and the new vessel, Anna in this instance, would start displaying characteristics from those former owners. So who had my kidney before me? Anna asked. Oscar flipped through his research and pointed to a name at the top of page 72. Porky Headstone. WWE wrestler. Anna and Oscar knocked on Porky Headstone's door. After a long moment, Porky opened it. He was bulky and tattooed, with decades of wrestling scars and wrinkled flesh protruding from his muscle shirt. Anna told Porky why they were there, and he let them in. They all piled into his living room, and Porky listened to Anna's story. That's my kidney, all right, Porky said. When I got it, my brain got all weird. I'd been a fighter my whole life, but with that kidney, I just wanted to kill. I know the feeling, Anna said. She felt a quiver of adrenaline ascend her spine like a painter climbing a ladder. And I did, Porky said. My PR team didn't want me to tell anyone, but that's why I got kicked out of the wrestling team. I killed a man. Oscar launched into his explanation about bodies becoming what their organs wanted them to be. Porky looked at him, shocked and relieved. I thought I was a murderer this whole time, but when they took that kidney out of me, I felt better. Maybe you're right. Most kidneys filter out all the bad stuff, but this one? This one just lets it all in. Did you ever see your kidney? Anna asked slowly. Your old one, I mean. Yes. I never told anyone that either. But it's like it was following you? He looked up at Anna and nodded. I thought it was trying to kill me or get back inside my body or... Me too, Anna said. I carry a knife just in case. Oscar didn't seem to hear any of this. He was nose deep in his research again. He got to a page, exclaimed, aha, and then searched something on his phone. Your kidney belonged to a serial killer, he told them, no punches pulled. Serial killer. The words tinged in Anna's brain. She felt something bubbling up in her abdomen, the sight of the new kidney. A pressure, pulsing, trying to rip at the seams of her hypodermis. It was throbbing beating like a second heart. Oscar and Porky were saying something, but Anna couldn't hear them. All she could hear was a deep resonation in her head, pushing at her ear canals. She looked at her brother and the wrestler. She wanted nothing more than to end them, to split their bones like perfectly baked potatoes, to kill them. She sensed something outside. She went to the window as if in a trance. Oscar and Porky watched after her, fruitlessly calling her name. Out of the glass of the window, she saw the kidney, her old kidney, rust-colored and unsound. She didn't want that thing back inside of her. This new kidney had awakened something in her, a purpose she never knew was possible, to kill, to eliminate those who didn't need to be on this earth, and she would start with this old kidney. Anna pulled a knife out of her pocket. The three-inch switchblade shone in the sun. It wouldn't do much damage when coming up against human flesh. But a kidney? A kidney it could puncture quickly and easily. She strode to the door and pulled it open. She ambushed the kidney, hoping to catch it off guard. 
She stabbed at the pew's flesh, but it skittered away at the last moment, taking refuge beneath Porky's well-manicured shrubs. She regathered herself and stalked along the shrubs, following the sticky, oozing trail. Oscar and Porky were out of the house now, shouting for her, but she couldn't hear them through the pulsing in her head. She had one goal, kill. And one rule, end anyone that came between her and her target. Oscar came at her, but she slashed out with a knife and hit him in the wrist. He gaped in pain and stepped back. Porky ran into the house. He knew where this would end. Anna followed the kidney to the end of the shrub line. She got down on her knees and looked beneath the leafy cubes, but there was nothing there. A trail and no kidney. And then she felt it. Something grabbing onto her side, stuck there like a lamprey, sucking and leeching against the exposed flesh beneath her shirt. She looked down. It was her old kidney, trying to get back in. Anna tried to stab the kidney, but it was too slippery. She used her hands to try to pry it off, but it compressed and reformed itself between her fingers every time. She could feel the kidney inside her being affected by this one. It was trying to escape. That's what her sick kidney wanted. The new one gone so it could work its way back inside her to finish the job. But no, Anna realized, thinking clearly between a break in her brain throbs. It was trying to help her. The serial killer kidney could ruin her life. Her old kidney had been trying to reach her this whole time to tell her. The old kidney seemed to know when Anna had had this realization. It stopped pulling and tugging at her stomach and seemed to take a rest. Anna felt the knife rising out of her hand. The kidney was towing the knife up Anna's stomach to the scar. She felt a prick and saw the most crimson of liquids trickling down past her belly button. Her own blood. She screamed in pain as the cuts kept coming. A thousand little cuts along the scar tissue. The pain flowed through her like a river through a too small crevice, pushing and blasting its way through her mind. She glanced down to see her skin open, gaping garnet blood and innards inside, and the serial killer kidney. Anna's old kidney pushed the knife into the wound and stabbed it into the malicious kidney like a knife protruding from a stake. Anna felt pressure and a yank as the old kidney forced the new kidney out of her body. She couldn't look but she could feel every beating, pulsing rend. A shout burst from Anna's lungs and both kidneys fell onto the grassy lawn in a rain of blood and carnage. The one from inside and the one from outside, blending together in a sea of kidney bean color as they fought for dominance, rolling together on the ground. Anna felt herself fainting. As her eyelids closed, she saw the serial killer kidney fighting with the old kidney, but the old kidney was practiced in the art of knife use. It found Anna's knife and, once again, it stabbed it into the heart of the serial killer kidney. The serial killer kidney went still. It was just a lump now, black and bruised on the chartreuse field. Oscar shouted Anna's name, but she found herself drifting off to sea. She saw Oscar's blurry face, his mouth shouting, pink gums and white teeth blurring together to form what looked like a stick of gum. She took one last look at the grass before she went. She could see a trail of mucus across the lawn, headed toward the street, off into the apricot clouds on the horizon. But her old kidney was nowhere to be found. Well, did you enjoy my evil story? I just like thinking that it was never gonna end. I mean, like, bubblegum is like not 
cute. I see you've had a few evil old chomp, fashions. Chomp, I chomp, hope that chomp, won't chomp. dilute our chomp, chomp, chomp. intellectual conversation we're about to have. Mm. Hmm. Well, um, tell me, what did you think about the themes of medical technology and persona in the story? I just feel like everything would be solved if they were drunk. If they were drunk? She might not want to murder people if she just had a drink and, like, chilled out, you know? They could just, like, dance and stuff. Okay, don't rewrite Lord Serpent's story, okay? He he crafted it in the bowels of his castle, all right? Bowels? The bowels of his castle? Because, it, yeah, that makes sense. So we'll just treat it very seriously, okay? You're so cute when you're mad. Okay, uh... Lord Serpent thinks you might have had too many evil old fashions to drink. All right, just tell Lord Serpent this. What was the scariest part of the evil story? I just, like, feel like Porky Headstone would be, like, super hot. Like, is this also a wrestling kidney? Like, what? who was a serial killer before he was a serial killer? You could do more with that, I think, Lord Serpent. All right, that's it. I said I was going to let you go if you read the story, but... I lied. You've been pissing off Lord Serpent, and now I'm going to feed you to my evil ghouls. Ghouls? Oh my god, that's so cute. Guards, take her away. Oh, look at their costume. Ow. Ow. Why do you have so many spikes that hurt? Would you just stop? I'll walk with you. Come on. Stop it. Lord Serpent, I don't... Can you... I just have a different room. Lord Serpent, what are you... Wait, why are you closing the door? Don't leave me behind in here. This episode was performed by Dana Feidelson and Lord Serpent. The episode was edited by Michael Morgan, Stacey Milborn, and Lord Serpent. The Kidney in Me was written by Stacey Milborn and Lord Serpent. It was produced by Stacey Milborn, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent were the audio engineers. The music was composed by Charles Brock, Michael Morgan, Stacey Milborn, and Lord Serpent. Tune in next week for more of my horrific tales of madness and terror. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lord Serpent's Library and check out my homepage at rss.com slash podcasts slash Lord Serpent's Library.